3: everyone. Welcome back to Across the Romaverse. Another episode here. This time, though, it is two special guests with me. Jimmy is out for this week, so I have brought on Mas Riccio to represent Roma and Nick Diani of Kicks and Picks Podcast to represent Lazio. If you follow us in the lead-up to the match, Nick did his uh, Q&A with me, giving us a little bit of info about Lazio heading into the match. Not the most exciting derby that we've seen in our time watching these two clubs. Um, but you know, always something to talk about with this one. So, guys, thanks for coming on. How are you guys doing? And then we'll, we'll jump into the match. Good
1: uh, man. Thank you. Man. So I'm doing. Yeah. I'm doing, thanks for having us.
3: All right. So, about 48 hours since we've you know had a chance to kind of digest the match. Coming into this one, the table said a lot about how these two clubs have been performing. Right, Roma came in 17 points, seventh place in the table. Lazio 16 points uh 10th place in the table um Lazio had only scored 13 goals so far this season a, a far cry from the the attack that we've seen the past few years under both Inzaghi and Sadi, for that matter um and it, it's been lackluster from both squads so guys coming into this one is the fact that this one played out to a zero zero draw about how you expected the approach to be did it surprise you that it was so low scoring like what did you make of it, Nick? I'll go to you first, just because you you did the Q and A with us. Like I I know you said goals. Um, we didn't get goals in this one. Yeah.
2: Dead wrong, dead wrong. Um, I think <clears throat> two. There's two ways to look at it, right? We uh we did a preview show last week on kicks and picks, and I kind of said, you know, we have two teams, two managers who are probably looking to not drop points, right? And I, I think ultimately both will probably be happy with it. Both teams will be happy. Maybe both fan bases will be happy. Uh, certainly love your guys' thoughts on it. But, uh, my point of view on that and what I, I wrote in the collaboration with you was the, there's really nothing to lose for either team coming into this matchup. And that's very different to the Rome derbies of the past. I think, um, it's early in the season, right? I feel like it's earlier than, than most. Um, you know, both teams underperforming, you just gave their place in the standings. I, I think we can all agree on that. So I really thought we would see two teams come out and go for three points. Um, you can make an argument. One team went for it a little bit more than the other. Uh, uh, interested to hear what you guys have to say on that. But, um, you know, first first 15 minutes, 20 minutes of this game, I'm like, oh, shit, this is easy street, right? We're getting, this is, uh, both teams are scoring. We're probably going to get over. This is the match we've been waiting for. Lazio started to come into their own a little bit after the onslaught from Roma, the first 15 minutes or so, and the game just settled down after that. And uh, Definitely not what I was expecting. Like I said, people may be happy with the point. People may be happy that their team didn't lose, but um, definitely disappointing just from an aesthetic standpoint. I mean,
1: it, it was lacking in terms of goals, but you, you kind of saw the way players were kind of – in each other's faces. We got a lot of yellows that game. I think for a minute the ref was just handing out yellows just yeah. to everyone that was in uh any vicinity of a shoving match, but uh I mean, listen, we Roma had lost their last game to Slavia Prague, right? So coming into this one, I was like, fine, maybe we'll try and we are saving our best for for the derby. Like you said, first 15 minutes and then after that, I mean, it seemed pretty much like Lazio was uh, generating more chances after that than I could see with uh, than I saw with Roma. Um, it was very boring, but I mean, the usual shenanigans amongst the players was there, so that was nice to see. Uh, I don't know if you guys hit the uh, over on yellow cards and kicks and picks, but I'm, I think it definitely, definitely hit, did. Uh, for the yeah, it definitely hit there. So. Um, Listen, I mean, both, like you said, both teams underperforming, Uh, coming in and not dropping points, I think, is the bigger, was the bigger goal here. I mean, uh, ideally, uh, we're both trying to make it to a Champions League spot. So uh, the fact that it was kind of everyone kind of just sitting back and trying to see who makes the first mistake, it doesn't surprise me.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was two managers trying not to lose this match. I kind of had a feeling um <clears throat> that Mourinho would approach it this way. It's kind of how he's he's approached many of his matches in charge of Rome, especially the bigger matches, is the bend don't break mentality and and then try to hit on the counterattack, find that one goal, maybe get a second if if you know they're able to. And in the first 15 minutes or so, I mean I said I was on couch with us, and I said, you know, how many times does Rick Karsdorp shoot in a season, let alone three times in the first 15 minutes of the match, two of them off target, one uh, was saved, and then the rebound was put in Good by Christante outside, right? And it felt like, you know, maybe we'll get a goal here, and maybe Roma can strike early. Because Roma hasn't been a team to strike early very often this season. Um, you know, we, we've talked about it, that they lead the league in goals between the 75th and 90th minute with, with nine already. Um, and that was in the first 11 matches of the season. So Roma does a lot of a lot of the, the work late. Um, I think it's part of that mentality that Mourinho has kind of instilled in the club to fight to the end. And, you know, against Lecce, it paid off with three points.
0: <clears throat>
3: but I think the issue Roma had in this one, they just didn't have that link up play be- between the defense and the deep line midfielders and getting the ball forward enough to play on the counterattack. If you're going to play on the counterattack, there has to be more going forward than Roma had. Uh, if you're going to defend for most of the match, like, they, they tend to do. Um, I think DiBala was, was not at his best. I mean, he had played 90 minutes last weekend after coming up back from an injury. Maybe he didn't have quite the legs in this one. Um, but you didn't see much of the ball getting to him and Lukaku, I feel like.
2: And I'll credit Lazio a little bit for that. I think the strength of this team so far this year has been the midfield. So, um, that you know, they, needed, they knew they needed to win that battle. I think they did. Um, Luis Alberto has had a fantastic year. You know, he had an okay game. He started off really well. I think he faded. Uh, but Gwen Ducey for me has been like the signing of the season for this team. And it was the one, like the last minute final signing week. Yeah, I think it was a week into the season even. Um, but he was really all over the place. He was a man possessed in this one. He was generating, he was defending. Um, you know, I think it was a great performance by him. And if you look, uh, I know we'll get into the game a little bit later, but the subs that Saudi made later into the game were to kind of refresh that midfield and, you know, he seemed intent on not losing that battle. So I think that speaks to what you said, Steve. Um, you know, we weren't going to let you guys walk through us with the ball and, and get these forwards, you know, into attacking positions where they need to be. Yeah, they did a good job
1: clogging the middle and making it difficult for us to uh, get the ball forward through there. But um, did Albero miss that sitter too? Like, yeah, uh, yeah.
2: R- R- rough game offensively. Yeah, hit the post yeah. too. I, I just couldn't get it. Going.
1: We were defending. I see them. I just see him wide open in the box. He gets the ball. I'm like, there it is. Like we got that off the goal called offside, and then this is gonna happen. And he he completely skied it. So. Uh, a little stressful. I mean, once everyone kind of settled in, we were much better at defending, but uh, a lot of guys didn't perform. I mean, uh, not they didn't perform. It was just very uh, pedestrian on that front. Um, I was hoping maybe Lukaku with his first derby at Rome would maybe come out gunning, but I mean, he's been scoring at a pretty decent clip. You expect a goal here or there, but I mean, it just wasn't. It wasn't to be this game. Um, Patricio seemed a bit more solid in nets, which was nice. He made a couple saves, a f- couple shots on target. He made some saves that I was expecting him to kind of maybe botch, but, uh, I mean, all in all coming away with the draws, like I had said before we got on air, I mean, we had lost the last two derbies to Lazio. So coming away with a draw is better than what could have been for this Roma team, uh, come derby time.
3: Yeah. And, and just going back to Lukaku for a quick second, just double checks. He only had 22 touches in the match, right. In 90 minutes. um, Very, very low number. If you want him to be able to do something like I, I only recall one opportunity where he kind of got the ball um, with enough space to try to operate it, and it, like in the box and, it, and he dribbled, it was left of the goal, but uh, he tried to find somebody else, but it was just like, he had no opportunities to try to even, you know, turn and shoot, do the things he does well, where he posts up the defender and, and does those things uh latio definitely did you know do pretty well in the midfield um i thought they they did clog it up pretty well i think that's one area where roma was lacking in terms of like that absence of pellegrini right the guy that kind of connected the deep-lying midfields of predators and, and Cristante to DiBala and lukaku i think that was missed in this one i i you know give bove credit he he hustles he he i thought he played pretty decent and he's growing into a nice player for roma uh different type of player though right um I, I was a little surprised that the subs that, you know, you mentioned Lazio subs. Mourinho waited so long to make the subs in this match. He didn't make a sub until the 82nd minute when Sanchez came on for Bobe, who was forced with what looked like a cramp, and Moon came on for Dybala. Um, and then another one in the 86th, Salik for Karsdorp, and uh, Christensen in the 90th for Spinazzola. Um, you know, I thought maybe Sanchez maybe should have been an option a little bit earlier. He's a midfielder who can drive the ball a bit more for Roma. I, I thought maybe he should have come on in like the 60th minute or so to try to maybe open up that midfield a little bit, maybe put a little pressure on those Lazio midfielders and and make somebody step up and defend him and maybe open things up for the forwards. I I don't know. Um, You know, we didn't see Alar. We didn't see Zalewski, who's a little more of an attacking threat than Salik when he did make a sub uh, on the wings. We didn't see El Shirari who could maybe create his own shot. uh, You know, uh, I was a little surprised by not seeing any of those guys. Like Roma was, Doing, I guess, what they he wanted them to do in terms of defending. So maybe he was a little hesitant to make a sub too soon. But at some point you have to go for you have to go for the, the goal, no Mas?
1: You you gotta do something, right? I mean, if nothing's gonna give, get some of your, like you said, some of the more the guys that are more attacking that could get in there, maybe generate some creativity, especially on the outside with Zalewski, um Al on the opposite end. It could work, but I don't know, I don't know if he was worried about maybe um. I mean, I know Zalewski can tends to be a bit of a liability getting back on defense. Some games, he's some games he's very good, and some day some games he's he's lacking on that front. But I don't know. I think he the player selection was shocking uh, when he was making the subs too. I mean, listen, Christensen at the ninety plus one, it's tough um, at that point too. How much time do you have? Do you, you don't really give these guys enough time to kind of yeah. get into the game, into the flow, and and get things going. Like, it would have been nice, like you said, to see Sanchez earlier, maybe get and in. Um, I mean, Al Sharawi would have been nice, but I don't know. It was a bit of a head scratcher to see some of the guys that were being called in and at what time he was, uh, at what minute
2: of the match he was making those subs. And that's a little bit of my frustration with with Lazio as well. And, you know, it goes back to the first question you asked, Steve. Like, were, were you disappointed? Like, yeah. 65th minute, we're bringing on Vecino. Like, that's Sadi's big sub, right? Like, uh, you got Castellanos on the bench, you know, game, a zero-zero game. He never sees the field. Um, neither manager went for it, right? We got to the 65th minute, and I think they both decided, okay, well, there's no goals. There's not going to be any. This is kind of it. And, um, and that goes to what you just said about Mourinho. That's, that's my frustration with Sadi as well. I I
3: do think it got to that point at 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 some point where they kind of did just realize that right the subs that Mourinho made were were not inspiring in the attack the same like you just said with Vecino and I think he lasted less than five minutes right he fell in his wrist or something which was yeah, picked really up yeah. and yeah and he came out quick for Rovella. and um, I know that the commentators mentioned you know he's more of a an attacking midfielder versus the the player that he subbed in for in vicino but it didn't still didn't open things up at all for Roma I feel like um you know the possession I think ended 52-48 so nobody really dominated possession shots on target Roma had one Lazio had two I mean um it, it Lazio also had that Fleet Anderson off the the post he had really really close shot that that was really the closest we got to a goal but other than Karsdorp shot Roma really didn't create much of anything that was threatening I mean uh Providel was pretty much he could have sat there with an espresso most of the match and he, he wouldn't have had to move um yeah and it, it, it's interesting a couple of them look at some of the managerial comments here and um you know Saudi was asked a, a couple questions one was about Gunduzi, and and he said you know he had the job of closing down that third defender when he was was on the pitch and and you know being the point of reference in the midfield uh characteristics wise he has his great great gifts and um in terms of our technical plans, he really can become a very important player for us. So you you mentioned it, Nick, and, and you know, this is our own podcast, but they played lots. Of, so, like, has he been their best signing this off season so far, would you say?
2: Yeah, I think so. Absolutely, I do. Um, he's, like I said, he, he's all over the pitch. I think he offers something in every aspect of the game, right? He um, He's not going to score 10 goals. You know, I, I don't think he would do that in his best season, but... He's gonna chip in five. He's good on the break. He can pass the ball, but he's very, very sound defensively and um very positionally aware. So I, I think um you guys know me well enough. I'm not a, a huge fan of the four three three. Um certainly not in this Lazio application either. I think it's it's very easily figured out. But um, you know, listen, he's not replacing Linker Savage, but he definitely um is going to grow into this position. I think he's going to give the freedom to the Luis Alberto's, to the Robellos of the world, um, maybe come out if he ever gets integrated into the squad. So um, I think he's definitely versatile and, you know, there's there's not a match that's too big for him, right? He's been around. He's not a, a young player that we need to mold.
3: Yeah. And, and he's still not that old, I think, right? He's just experienced. I think he's still in his right. mid-20s, right? So Mid-20s, um, late-20s, Yeah. 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 Um, and then, in, in terms of Kamada, you just mentioned him. He was also linked with Roma a free this summer. Hasn't really integrated much into Lazio. I, I, during the match, they talked about comments he's made to the press in Japan about the frustration of, of the lack of playing time. And he was actually thrown in as a winger late in the match. And Sadi was asked about that. He he basically said, "I, I put him there in desperation." Um, at a certain <laughs> point, um, there were three, you know, requests for subs pretty much at the same time. The in, initial idea was to put Castellanos because Chiro was tired and then Maricic, Vecino, and An- Anderson all asked for changes in, in the span of two minutes. So that kind of threw Sadi's substitution plan into uh, a, a bit of a spin, so to speak, uh, which explains a little bit why you didn't see Castellanos because he was pretty much like on the on the touchline, getting ready to, to check in, I think before the Vecino injury. Um, so that kind of threw things for, for Lazio from a tactical standpoint. Um, Kamada... Eh, he got a, a few minutes, I guess, not where he wanted to. Um, so that was kind of his idea with the subs. And then Mourinho was asked about his subs. Um, let me just find the quote here. Uh, the, the The reporter asked him, you know, you've talked a lot about fitness matters. You made your substitutions very late on the game. Was this because your team was in great shape or did the Derby day adrenaline kick in? Uh, and Mourinho said, the players in the best condition were chosen for today's match. I had three properly fit central midfielders to pick from. Sanchez didn't start while Pellegrini and Awar remained on the bench. We uh, fielded three central midfielders who could bring energy, heart, soul, and poise into this game of this standard. Uh, owing to the tactics, we knew that it would be hard for two wing backs to play the whole match, although that's because basically what, what we ended up doing anyway. Uh, we had solutions to compensate for this way of playing because it was really demanding for Rick and uh, Spinazzola today. Uh, behind them, there are only the three who's he pissed Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as for the referee, he made the exceptional call to book two of our center backs within the first quarter of the match. This caused us problems and also led to tactical difficulties. I had to tell Karsdor to avoid committing himself to Maricic because he had done so. He would have left Mancini in the lurch when faced with the Lazio counter. I think Pedro's a top player, but he could also be a professional swimmer with the way he throws himself onto the deck. <laughs> These were the risks we had to face. You have to love the Renu comments. Um, and he closed this comment by saying, I reckon that the – the guys performed well and showed character. We also saw a lot of the ball. I'm yet to see the stats, but I think we would have been about 50-50 possession, which which it was. Close um, We didn't score, but we had some chances. Uh, had Bove been less jaded, he could have done more with the openings he had in the box. And So that that speaks a lot to the tactics because I commented on the fact that pretty much most of, this, most of the, the attack went through the left, and it has a lot to do with the bookings. And Moss mentioned it. I think there was like eight bookings in the match. Um, and Nick, you, when you were texting me, you know, when you watched the match and you said, you know, the, the referee kind of let this one kind of lost control a little bit in terms of how many cards he was throwing, I think early in the match.
2: Yeah. And, um, I was talking about it with boss also. I think he, he agrees that he's the one who brought it up. Right. Um, it, it was just a little too early, right? The first 10 minutes or so, he was really letting a lot go. Um, I think it was Pedro who was fouled in the box, right? Um, what's his, uh, Bowie came in from behind and. I mean, I'm not saying it was a penalty. I'm not trying to even go there, but like something like that where you think maybe in a, in a normal game gets looked at, the referee doesn't even entertain it. So I'm like, oh, okay. You know, first 10 minutes or so, he's letting a lot go. This is going to be a, a good match. And, from, I don't know, minutes like 20 to 35, I feel like you just lost everything in, in that second time for the rest of the I have, it,
1: I have it up. I have it up. It's like from the 18th minute straight to the 38th. Yeah. It's just four four yellows right out the gate. There you uh, go. Uh, yeah. I mean, no, please, it doesn't shock ahead. me. It doesn't shock me. I mean, it's, it is a derby, obviously, but I mean not necessary to get the cards out right away like you know it's going to be testy between the players the rivalry between the teams it's normal ha- give them all a warning at first because then the whole dynamic of the game shifts when you have yeah. seven cards at the end of the game that have been given out like a lot of players are going to not necessarily be playing scared but you're concerned about like you said like you're they didn't want Karsdorp overcommitting committing to leave manchini open he's gonna have to maybe get in a bit harder on a tackle throws a lot of things out of the loop. So your whole dynamic when a good chunk of your team is booked changes. I mean, and you're limited to, I think we're still at what, five subs still, right? Per game. So, I mean, even at that five subs, I mean, not ideal anyway. You want to start burning subs to get guys off because they're booked. Yeah. And when you think about
3: who got booked, right? Mancini not a key player along the the, the back there, right? It changes his whole, his whole way of playing. Right. He's a physical defender who who likes to mix it up. And once he's booked in the 18th minute for nothing egregious, uh, from what I remember, it wasn't anything crazy. No, um, you know, then it changes his play style. And like where you said, and you said changes the play style of, of the whole right side of the attack.
1: Yeah. Cause everyone's going to kind of let up, right? So you lose that intensity that you normally have. You're not going to be man marking as hard. You're not going to be pressing a guy trying to avoid the um, avoid them making the turn when getting the ball it, it really gets dicey when uh when you're when that many guys are booked especially your back line it, it it kind of uh handcuffs you a little uh for the rest of the game and you don't want to remove mancini because he is a pivotal piece at the back so you're kind of playing it out but i mean i think it was what mancini and dikka right out the gate so it's like there's yeah. there it is, two guys on the back line already
2: booked within 10 minutes of each other now that you guys were saying that i mean lazio really didn't take advantage Right, I mean, I guess they did. They generated chances, you know, in that in that span, right, from minutes twenty to forty-five. But um, definitely something they should have gone after a little bit harder. Yeah, but then again, I mean, uh,
1: Immobile also, I think got booked, so it's like kind of harder. You don't want to kind of put yourself right. in a situation where you're trying to draw that extra foul on a defender. But what happens if you get booked for simulation? Or you never know what, especially when the cards come out that early and that quick you're you're not sure how to play play along with these refs right so it's tough
3: yeah I'm not a fan of the cards coming out so quick unless it's something really you know that that needs to be booked like a really bad tackle right if it's just for you know knickknack fouls that you know are in a, a match of this type of like you know, temperament, so to speak, that they usually are, you have to give, I think, a little leeway where you, you keep the match in control because we've seen these matches get out of control. I, I remember there's been, you know, matches where you end up with a couple red cards at the end of the match. It's, it's happened plenty of times um, when refs don't keep it under control. But um, yeah, I think that I, I thought the referee started really well in those first 15 or so, and, and then he kind of got a little hard hat. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, just just to, to continue with some of the managerial comments. There weren't too many from Saudi, but Mourinho, he was asked how does the point feel to him. He said it feels like a point. When you play to win, a point is positive. It's better than losing. Uh, when you're up against an opponent who's gunning for the same objectives and is in a similar league position, you manage to avoid defeat. It means a direct rival of yours hasn't picked up three points. It's a point at the end of the day. So it kind of speaks to what you guys mentioned earlier in the, in, in the episode, right? A manager basically playing not to lose. He was, he was content not losing this match. To me... From a Roma perspective, at least, what what's concerning their mass is the fact that they had lost the last two last season to uh, Sadi's Lazio, right? Both one nothing, one conditioned by that Ibanias red card. But they have lost three out of four heading into this one against Sadi head to head. You, I know, I, I would have hoped that Mourinho would have, I guess, maybe gone for it a little bit more in terms of the the attacking, you know, aspect of the the game. But um, he seemed content with just the point.
1: Yeah, um, you're also not giving Ebanyas enough credit. I think it was the Ebanyas red in one, and then it was an Ibanez old goal, own goal the next.
3: Uh, uh, there you go. Sure <laughs> so is. I
1: mean, yeah, it was uh, an Ebanyas heavy uh, two derbies, the last one. But yeah, because um, I, I guess we the lo- losing the last two derbies, plus uh, we're also coming off a loss in Europa. You're trying to kind of mitigate like. You're trying to mitigate morale at this point because you already you're worried about last year and then you're worried about the last loss because we've been on a pretty good streak I think in Europa we mm-hmm. haven't lost we haven't lost in quite a few games um, I mean obviously the Leche win in Serie A was at the dead but uh, I he, I feel like he he just went in and he was just trying to like take on like when you're when a ship's flooding, like you're taking on water, but you're trying not to sink, which I could kind of understand, but it, it looked like they were, he was kind of managing scared at this point a little bit. Like there was something lingering at the back of his mind where he, you don't want to lose the Derby, but you're not really going for the win either. Like you're just, it's, it's hard to explain it. just It didn't look like the game plan was to go out there and take it to them. It was more just sit around defend and try not to give up too many chances on that.
2: Yeah, I yeah you I mean, explained I mean, it really well actually. Um, yeah. yeah you think to, from a lot to
3: your perspective Nick it's like just get out of there with the point because with the way the table's shaking out, right? I mean, this weekend Milan had dropped points. Uh Atalanta had dropped points. Napoli had dropped points. Is it like better just to take the point and and get out safe against a, a direct rival? Um, and, and not like risk being the fourth team to drop points in this race for the top four.
2: Yeah. I think a lot of people will see it that way. Um, I don't particularly subscribe to that. I think it's a missed opportunity. I don't really care who you're playing. Right. But in a season where we've started so poorly and as you mentioned, um, listen, there's, there's a clear two teams right now that maybe even a clear three, right. I, I think Milan are a little better than their record, but. Fourth place could potentially still be up for grabs. I don't think either of our team are going to make it the way that we've started the year and the way we're playing currently, but it's definitely there. Um, so that is two dropped points in the race for fourth, right? Does um, Lazio come out of this looking a little bit better? Because as you mentioned, they did win three out of the last four. Um, you know, they, they did get a Champions League win finally. They they looked better in this game, right? If you, if you go back and watch the game, you're going to... Your takeaway is Lazio, we're the better team. I, I think you guys will agree with that. Um, you know, so is it a feel-good point? Maybe, but I, I think it's two drop points. I, I don't really imagine there's another way you should look at it. If you're a Lazio fan.
1: I mean, even on our side as Roma fans, regardless, I, you should be going into every game with the intent to win. You're not, right. like, regardless of your point, that I in pro sports in general, like, you're going into every game with the mentality that you got to win it could have been a turning point for either team if we would have gotten the win because i feel like it boosts it does boost morale Mm -hmm. when you do get a a big derby win against your rival and considering how kind of close we are in the table it would have been nice to walk away with more than just the one but again you're also you don't want to drop points but it's a missed opportunity for both teams at this point considering who dropped points over the weekend so, I mean, I, I I really feel they no one was really going in for a win to going into this one thinking that we need to win. It was it was strange for for it's for a derby. Normally, it's there's more intensity. There's more attacking this time. It was just very, like I said, pedestrian, like no one. Everyone looked scared to
2: to make
3: the first move. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. A different... feel like... Yeah, go ahead, Nick.
2: No, sorry, Steve. I was going to say, I feel like that only happens when one of our teams or both of our teams are involved. Like somehow you're watching these other games with Inter Milan, right? Five goals. Uh, Juve Napoli last year or even this year, you know, five goals, three goals. Like our games are the 1-0 games, the, the 1-1s, the 0-0s. I don't know. Like it's um, it's it's just kind of that weird mentality, like you said, where you'd rather not lose than than go for it. And that's, Frustrating to see, especially in year three with with both of our projects, right? Like, a, I mean, yeah, we, we know what Mourinho's evolved into, but he's certainly no stranger to winning games and winning, you know, scoring a lot of goals and entertaining. Um, that's all Saudi was talked about for three Like, for three years, I have yet to really see it. I mean, they scored a lot last year, but
3: I don't
2: know. It's it definitely frustrating.
3: Yeah, so let's take a quick ad break here and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about big picture for, for both of these teams and maybe the league in general uh, after these results this weekend.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All
3: right. So like, let's take a look at the standings now. So you mentioned it. There's a couple teams, Nick, probably a cut above. Namely, at this point, it's Inter and UVA 31 and 29. We're 12 matches in. So we're just about at the third third way through the season Milan's on 23, Napoli 21, Atalanta 20, Fiorentina 20, Roma 18, along with Bologna. And then it's uh, Monza and Lazio, both with 17. So that's rounding out the top 10. It sounds terrible when you say, oh, Lazio's in 10th place or Roma's in 7th place. But when you think about top four, which is at least the stated goal of Roma, and you'd have to think the the goal of Lazio after making the top four last season and, and being in the Champions League, Roma's three points off the top four. Lazio's four points off the top four. So. As poor as these team starts have been, I think there still has to be plenty of reason to be optimistic for for these fan bases and for these clubs. I think if you're Mourinho or Saudi, you're sitting here thinking, like, we've played probably about as poorly as we can play, and we're still within a match or two of possibly being fourth place.
2: Yeah. I think that's true. Um, I think for Lazio, especially it's the first two games that really leave a, a bad taste in your mouth with you know coming out of them zero points against bottom 10 sides, right? Potentially bottom five sides, but uh, you nailed it, right? I feel like Napoli has been just as bad. Obviously they just fired their manager. That's been a disaster. Um, I can't believe we're so close in the standings after, you know, all those things considered. um is still hot and cold. I think Fiorentina is still not ready, right? They, they have a lot of squad turnover um, there. They haven't made that step in the league. So I think you're right. I'm probably a little more pessimistic on Lazio than most. Um, you know, there, there still is everything in front of us, but it uh, definitely seems like it's a two-horse race at this point, right? It's, it's uh, Inter and it's Juve. I actually, I put out a tweet today. I was really hoping to, like, get a lot of negative reaction and nobody reacted to it at all. But uh, I do firmly believe that Allegri and, and, and Zaghi are probably the two best managers in the league right now. Um, I don't, I don't really know how you can make an argument for anybody else. If you want to talk about the, the heritage or the pedigree of Mourinho or of Saudi, that's fine. But at present, I think you're talking about the two best managers, two best squads. Um, everybody else is fighting for, you know, third through seventh.
3: Yeah. I mean, Matt, uh, how do you feel about the, from the Rome for, perspective? From the Rome at-
1: perspective, yeah. I mean, like I'm looking back while on Nick like, was going on. Um, looking back at some games that I feel are going to come back to bite us later on in the season. I mean, like what, the draw against Salernitana, losing to Verona 2-1. There's a lot of games where Genoa, Torino 1-1 draws. Like there's games where it's points left on the table and points lost that, I mean, it's been the story for a couple seasons here and every so often where they do come back to haunt us. Do I think that the top four, a top four spot, is out of reach? No, because we're as we're looking at it now. I mean, Napoli's a ghost of their former self from last year. Uh, they just, I think they they sacked Rudy Garcia right after their last game. Uh, you got another coaching change there. I don't think much is. They're not. It's going to be a while before they right the ship there. So the, the, we got to take advantage, right? Um. Atalanta too, with some shocking losses uh, in their last few games, it's manageable. But we're our own worst enemies at this point. I think we gotta we gotta do we gotta take our destiny into our own hands. And moving into the like the next half of the season, we gotta get those points from those bottom table teams. Um, And obviously, if you can try not to draw points against the Milan's, the Inter's, and the Juves. But uh, it's tough. I mean you could only get away with your reputation as a manager for so long. Right. I mean, we've seen it. Mourinho has been bouncing around. Right. I mean, I'm not going to question him on his recent stint in the prem before he got to us. Cause he was at what Tottenham they've that, that was a bad situation for him. And in general, I feel like the uh, the prem fans and prem management, um, like the, the board of prem teams are a lot less forgiving than in city. But we got to see something now. We we got to start getting results where when it matters. I think at year three, going into four, it's time now. I mean, yeah, the first two years were a write-off because we had a lot of things to write within the team and the squad. But you're you're getting some players now. Things are looking good. We just got to be more consistent.
3: Yeah, I think.
2: Consistency- Sorry, Steve. Before you go, I, I know you're right. I, I've harped uh, on this show with you guys last year. I, I've harped on our show in general. Um listen, and you guys have the conference league, and I'm not scoffing at that because I wish Lazio had it, right? So that's a huge win. But you're talking about year three and Roma has been in seventh place for two years. I mean, like that's that can't happen. That doesn't happen under a mediocre manager, right? So like what is Mourinho really providing? And I asked the same questions about Sadi, right? Like this is a guy who listen, they finished in second place last year. Um fantastic season. But is is that the ceiling? Is that the best they're ever going to do? And then you, the entire goal of the season is, you know, you want to make it to Champions League, right? You get more money, you have the chance to compete in this competition. The entire point of the season is to get, is to be able to play more games the following year. And then people get into the Champions League, and all this guy does is start complaining about, oh, we don't have the squad, we're not fit, we didn't, whatever, we have to travel, like, dude the entire point was to make it to the Champions League. You can't complain about being in the Champions League. So the mentality of both of them, I mean, we talked about it in the preview leading up to it. It's like, get on with it, guys. Like it's just show results in the situation, situation, you know what you signed up for. You knew who the owners were. You knew the financial situations, you know, the league you're coming into. Like, I don't want to hear it at this point because you don't hear those. Like, look at what Juve went through last year. And this is like, I'm praising Juve way too much on your show. But look what they went through last year. I don't remember. I like complaining once and he still finished in a champions league place, right. Without that deduction. So that to me is a difference that that's really frustrating. I'm sorry. I cut you off. I know uh, uh, you were about to talk about Mourinho, but that's like my outside view on it.
3: Yeah, no, I th- I think that makes sense. Right. And I was asked last night when I went on the couch with guys as a guest, like what are my feelings on his tenure so far? And I said, like, you know, the trophies important Uh The making the Europa League final, I think, and, and nearly having a second trophy are, are are more than you can ask for from from almost any manager that's come to Rome before. Right. Uh, Roma was trophy star before they won that conference league. It was, I think, 13 plus years since they had won. Uh, I think in that regard, he's been been obviously great for the team. I do think part of that is his football at this point is more well suited for knockout style tournament football where you can, you know, hold out for that 0 or 1-1 draw on the road and then find a way to win at home against against an opponent has been a good formula for them. Um, I do think he's helped change the mentality of the players, though. Um, that's been, I think, big for a lot of guys in the team because they've, I mean, through the years, even you as as someone who just pays attention to the league, we're almost capitulated late in matches or, you know, gone down in the 60th minute to a Leche-type team and then not been able to bounce back from that and then concede a second goal and maybe a third goal. Um, saw it against Saswello a few times when they were really uh, you know, clicking a few years ago. So I think in that term he's he's helped there. The mentality shift has been big and also player recruitment's been big, right? Paulo Dybala doesn't come to Rome without Jose Mourinho there. Um, probably not Lukaku, probably not Indica, probably not Alwar as a free agent. So in that sense, he's been very helpful. Um, the results have lacked in the league. Like you look at the squad and we'll see where they finish at the end of this season. I know there's been stats out there like he's got the lowest points per match of, uh, any of the last like six Roma managers or something in the league. But at the same time, the, the league is a lot more balanced now than it was for, you know, when Spalletti was there and Roma was, you know, the, the second team to Juve for all those years. And, and Spalletti's first term, it was second team to Inter without, um, you know, Juve being relevant or, and then it was without the Milan clubs being relevant. So I think there's always got to be a little bit of a, there's a there's a little bit of a caveat to like stats like that that are put out against him but i do think you expect a little bit more especially this season because i look at the roster and yes have they had injuries for sure have do they still lack a little depth compared to like inter uh yes but has the overall roster improved from last year i think it has right i think lukaku at least the way he's performed so far is is an upgrade over abraham right um you see Overall, I think a better roster because they lost Ibanius, who I think Indica at this point, now that he's kind of made his way into the team, learned the tactics. I think he's a, a much more cleaner, reliable defender in terms of making mistakes. Um, you know, I think similar type defender in terms of that the, they can defend pretty well, but he doesn't make those mistakes. So I don't see how you can be worse this year than you were last year, unless you are completely derailed by by injuries, really. The
1: problem is, is like you said, the stats uh, from previous seasons and whatnot. Context matters when you're discussing mm-hmm. all those things, right? Obviously, fans in ge- like we're we're a diff- we're cut from a different cloth on that front. We pay attention to all these things. We know we're in the loop. Not to rag on any other fans, but a lot of people that are always calling for like Mourinho's head after some bad games. It's like guys, and they're all the excuses they give out. Look at this. Look at what we were doing this year versus that. Like now, and it's like context matters when you're talking about it like the teams like city i feel is like you said much more balanced than it has been in quite a while so i mean the mentality has changed with the team and that was one thing i was always uh concerned about um since maybe what di francesco like i remember seeing some games where we never had the fight to come back while down a yeah. goal with were the, the mentality in that locker room has changed. Like these guys ha- put in fight. You see a lot of um, fire in the guys on the field sticking up for each other. So on that front, he's done the team m- wonders on getting that whole mentality change going. But now he's got to kind of get the results on paper in the table going for, for Roma. Like, yeah, we got the trophy almost got a second one last year. There's got to be an easier way. You get the Champions League with the fourth spot. Don't try going the long route through European competitions and winning cuz you never know what could happen. Like you said mm-hmm. like it's it's a knockout style tournament. <laughs> Anything can happen within 90 minutes there. Some lately it's it's worked in our favor, sure, but it could be that we get knocked out earlier some soon, you know, and you never know. So get the get the wins you need in City. Yeah? get climbing up that table while these teams are stumbling now. And go about it that way. Versus, uh, I would, look. I, I'm I'm okay with getting a trophy here. I'm I'm fine if we win a Europa League. But there's Absolutely. you can't just rely on that to get you a Champions League spot. You gotta be uh, aware of your standing in the table, and you gotta work your way up to that fourth spot too. So, it we'll see how it plays out. But we gotta go about it. The uh, there's got to be a better way to get to that Champions League spot. I find.
2: So, so both guys do kind of the same thing where they do something of like value. They do something really well. You want a conference league. We qualify for champions league. They use like, they let that be their excuse for doing poorly in other areas, right. Uh, of the season. So like, that's, Oh, we finished seventh. Okay. Well, guess what? We were in the final two years in a row or, you know, Oh, we're not taking this seriously. Well, we finished in second place last year. Like, I, I don't know that, That's the struggle for me. Um, I I think interesting what you said about the mentality of the players. That's the one area I think Saudi really lacks. I haven't seen Lazio show that same fight. Granted, they lost their best player. They're you know another year older in the attacking phase where all of their attackers are are getting up there. Um, But I don't I don't ever see them down a goal late or or tied late and really go out and get that winner. I haven't seen it consistently. I, I can't even name. Off the top of my head, one match that where we did that, you know, under Sadi, um, so that's that's a stark difference between the two. And, and just one interesting thing you said, Steve, about you think Roma being better. I mean, I agree. It, it, for me, DiBala and Lukaku start on any team in Serie A. I don't, I don't think there's a, a single team where those guys sit the bench. So um, I think you're absolutely right about that. You have to do better than you did last year or the year before. They're just, you know, provided they're healthy, right?
3: Yeah, and Mourinho was actually asked at the end of his post-match comments, what did he make to the start of the the 23-24 season? He said, it's plain and simple. We're three points off fourth. For me, our league season only really began on match day four, which is really when Lukaku was fully integrated to the side. Right? We saw like a cameo against Milan in match day three. Uh, He said, we weren't really there for the first three games. Had the season started in late September, we'd be in the Champions League places right now. Since then, aside from our horror show in Genoa, we've been playing to our potential what we can uh, aspire to be has been impacted by the absence of Small and Pellegrini and Sanchez, the latter less so. Right now, our performances correlate with how we're working. We're in a position in which we can improve, hoping Lady Luck shines on those players who are on the treatment table. Everyone is working hard to help them get better. With uh, Renato, for example, we've only seen three fleeting glimpses of him. We'll see if in the next two games we can help him kick on because he's an example of a player with so much to give. So. I mean, when you look at it from that perspective, Mourinho has a point, right? When now that the, the squad is complete at match day four, they have played pretty well. They've dropped uh, a match at Genoa, which was a horror show, as he said, four-one, um, and then they lost to Inter, which was a hard fought loss to Inter, one nothing. Like they can do well. I mean, the goal scoring is up from last year in part because they put up seven on Empoli, but still a positive, right? They 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 found goals for the most part in matches. Um, We'll see. We'll see if it if it pans out. If you know the the people getting healthy helps. I know Roma's got a gauntlet of a schedule coming up uh, in in into December and into early January. Um, just to to read it, out, I'm sure Jimmy and I have talked about it recently. So, but for our listeners, I'll, I'll I'll repeat it for you guys. I mean, after the break, it's it's Udinese home, Servette away in the Europa League, away to Sassuolo. Then it's home for Fiorentina, and this is where the, the tough part starts. Europa League match with Sheriff in between uh after this one but then it's Bologna away, uh Napoli home, Juve away, Coppa Italia against Cremonese who they probably still have nightmares about from a couple of years ago, um Atalanta at home, Milan away. Like that that is a stretch that's going to probably make or break Roma's season. Um sure. and depending on the injury situation, the fitness situation, you're going to have Indica leaving probably for AFCON before those Atalanta and, and Milan matches. Uh it, it's going to be a lot of lot of I, I, to tell, I guess, from that stretch for Roma. I don't know if Lazio has a similar stretch. I'll check their schedule. But for for Roma, that's really, I think, going to say, what can this team achieve? Yes, they've been playing better. But given how Roma's played against top sides under Mourinho, I think in if those like six matches against sides in the top 10 of Serie A, you probably have to win like three of those, I think, to really say we're legit top four contenders
1: games that stand out to me that we definitely need to walk away with full points. If not a draw, ideally full points, Napoli, the 23rd of the, of December, um, definitely Bologna. Cause we're, we're kind of neck and neck and we gotta, we gotta take it to Sassuolo Udinese. I mean, I'm not genuinely concerned. It's not going to be like last year where for, I think it was match day two. They came out and just stomped us like they're, mm-hmm. they're far apart from that team. So, um, but I mean, Euro- I think our, our Europa League campaign, those games, we should be okay. Um, I'm looking more for City, a, like a, games that stand out that are must wins or we, we have to walk away with points. Napoli, because they're stumbling right now with a coaching change and just a shadow of their former selves, and Bologna, Bologna, Sassuolo. I think Fiorentina
3: uh, too, based on the way no, they play. No, not that good.
1: Yeah. So that's why, I mean, We'll see. Uh, And specifically Napoli because they are kind of just there in the fourth spot. So for how long, we'll see now with the the coaching change once they come out of the break as well. But those are standout games to me right now that are going to make or break the second half of the season for us.
3: Yeah, I mean, so thinking about the the league in general right now, let's just talk a minute or two about Napoli since they are relevant to both our clubs in, in terms of standing like I saw they hired Walter Mazzotti today, and I'm like, yes, thank you, because I don't see what he can do any better than Rudy Garcia at this point.
2: Can he do any worse, though, is the real question.
1: Exactly. How How low can he go?
3: Yeah. I um, mean, his, his record after leaving Napoli, the first in, wasn't very good uh, at Inter, at Torino, at, at I think he had a little bit of Calgary. Like, It wasn't very good.
2: So I'll say this, um, it's, listen, we, we've been joking about it, uh, you know, it, together, we've been joking about it on Twitter. Um, you know, the, the fall of the Napoli dynasty is, has, has, you know, been a lot quicker than I think anybody anticipated. Um, the one thing I'll, I'll give credit for with this signing, if you know, you're, you're almost punting the year and setting yourself up for the future, right? He, he didn't want to bring in Anybody that he knew could last beyond this year. You know 100% for a fact that is going to get them to May and he's gone, right? They're going to start a new project or something. Um, It's tough, right? Because I think um, Milan is better than people expected. Juve is better than people expected. But because Napoli got off to such that bad start, uh, now you know osimen has been hurt and he's going to – miss at right he's going to go to AFCON so you know no matter what at the very best you're missing two months of OCMN so it's an uphill battle regardless how bad can Matzani really do right he could just be there stabilize the locker room get a little bit of the pressure off of these guys let them get back to playing and having fun and, and looking a little bit more like what they looked like last year tactically you know, where is he today? I don't know. Like you guys said, his last couple stints were terrible. Um, it's been, what, 10 years since he was, you know, relevant and competing for anything. So I don't know, but I don't know if that's his job. I, I really, truly think it's to come in and, and stabilize the room and, and get these guys back to good vibes. Stabilizing
1: the room is, like, the big key, too, because um... – I don't know if I had seen something swirling around. A couple of players were looking to maybe leave come the January the the winter transfer window as well. Ooh. Like, how much more can you lose on that team? Like p- major pieces, can you lose? They lost Kim right, right after the Scudetto season, and their backline's been shaky since. Um, who else did they lose over? I can't remember, but you can't lose key players that kind of were there for that Scudetto win. So Mazz- uh, Mazzari really has a. A tough job uh in on his hands uh taking over that taking over the reins there because not only is he trying to stabilize the room try to like tread water and not make it worse than it is he's got to try and convince some guys to stick around fair enough
2: yeah i think uh, simeone's got to be the guy that that feels happiest about this because for whatever reason he couldn't get minutes man under um under Garcia. I, I just didn't understand that. Not that politano has been playing well or, you know, I guess Raspadori has been okay, but I, I thought Simeone would get a lot more minutes, especially when Osimen went down.
3: Yeah. I, I've been surprised by the, the lack of minutes he's gotten since Osimen went down. I mean, we, we said at the beginning of the season uh, on our, on our other show, Kicks and Picks, that we thought this was a terrible hiring to begin with, with Garcia. I, I think a lot of people felt that way from what I saw on, on Calcio Twitter, like, I don't know, you, you win a Scudetto, you have momentum. I know Spalletti left, that, that's kind of, Spalletti kind of leaves abruptly sometimes, but I, I think there are better options out there. And I think Napoli is is feeling, you know, the effects of that now. And I think they're very vulnerable. Milan, there, there's a lot of chatter about how stable Pioli is at this point. So I, I think it sets up for spots, possibly three and four being in play. And I think both these clubs, are going to feel like they can make a run at it if they can, you know, get things going the right direction. Now, just to close looking ahead, I know it's still about a month and a half away, but if you're looking at your club uh, and I know these clubs don't historically spend in the winter, but maybe even just a loan type deal, like where do you think Lazio needs to be upgraded if they're going to be able to hang around, especially if they're either into the Champions League knockout stages or competing in the Europa League knockout stages, if they finish third.
2: Yeah, I think, um, provadel has been awesome. Central defenders have been good. I mentioned the midfield. We lost milinkovic savage right? Impossible to replace, but I think the pieces are there and some of these guys are starting to come into their own. I think, um, you know, by the time January rolls around, it's going to be uh, Rovella and and Guendouzi pretty much playing every single game. and, And that leaves you with, you know, suitable backups. I think it's all of the wing positions. I think it's our, our wing backs. Our, our defense is, is horrible in that position. You got Hisaj who stinks. You got Lazzari who's okay, but he's not a natural defender um, on the other side. So um, Pellegrini, for whatever reason, you know, all this hoopla to try to sign him last year. Or that might have actually even been January of last year and he barely gets game time. So I think that's a real position of need. And then up front, the wingers. Uh, Sakani doesn't look anything close to what he looked like last year, that's a big miss. And other options are Pedro, Felipe Anderson, Um, you know, this guy Isaacson, Isaacson, whatever, however you say his name, he's looked okay. Kamala hasn't done anything. So I think there's a real, real need for some younger creative players on the wings.
3: Yeah. And Moth for for you, from a Rome perspective, before I give my take, what what is your take on, on where they need, Maybe some help in January if they're gonna survive this this stretch and you know hopefully playing on three three fronts.
1: Depth. I mean, we we need uh we can't rely. I mean, we we need someone up front to kind of alternate with Lukaku. Maybe who could maybe on a loan deal because I think Tammy's out for quite some time still after last season, right? Like, I don't think we're getting them until after the holidays, maybe.
3: Yeah, I think maybe. I, I know the original projections were like March, I think, or so.
1: Yeah, so maybe another striker, someone young. Um, I'd like, it's wishful thinking, but I'd like a better goalie. I mean, Sviar has been solid when we do call on him, but I, that, that'll be a bit tough to find a replacement for Rui Patricio. So I think we're just going to roll with those two, with Patricio and Sviar moving forwards just depth in general. I mean, we have a hard time keeping players healthy. I think that's the biggest thing, like just shore up where we're, we're lacking the mid uh, we got some guys in rotation, maybe get them more involved, but we do need reinforcements depending how long a lot of these guys are out and a lot of key players too.
3: Yeah. And I think the one place they're going to have to find some depth is probably center back. um, First and foremost, I I know that you said attack, but I see, you know, below as moon as options there, you know, I think it's got to be center back because Smalling now, they're talking about maybe not till December coming back from this like tendinitis issue or whatever he's having. Indica's going to be leaving for AFCON. Uh, what did that leave you with, right? is still coming back from ACL surgery. So if Smalling isn't right, you're you're down to really Mancini and Lorente possibly come January when AFCON rolls around. So they're going to have to figure something out there. You don't want to have to stick Tristante back there for too long because <laughs> – um, he's important in the midfield as well, and then you lose an, another piece in the midfield. And um I think depth does have to be to be upgraded. I think that is the probably the, the first and foremost position I'd look at. Um, I know that Zalewski plays a left wing back, but maybe a, a more natural left wing back to just you know give Spina Solo some rest here and there, or maybe possibly grow into that position next year if they can get a loan with option on a, a, a player they like because his contract's up to Pinatola and, and there haven't been really any talks of renewals. So, um, they're going to have to, I think both make moves in terms of depth just to survive playing on possibly three fronts if they can advance in the Copa Italia and in these European competitions. So it will be interesting. Um, it, it wasn't the most interesting Derby, but I think it sets up for an interesting rest of the season for both clubs, especially with the way things are shaking out. So guys, I thank you for joining us. I'm going to give you guys a chance just to, to plug your work, anything you're doing, uh, where people can find you, and know, all that, that good stuff.
1: Um, well, I have my handle there, so I'm at MassReach on, uh, on Twitter. That's where I mostly talk sports uh, and Roma, so follow, give me a follow there. Um, thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, appreciate it. Um, same thing, at KicksFixPod, Kicks, Kicks, uh, the other podcast that Coach Steve co-hosts, um, you know, if you're into Serie A beyond Roma, definitely. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about the league weekly and uh, a lot of betting advice, betting picks. We've been on a pretty good run to start the year, uh, not last week, so don't go back and watch that episode, but uh, definitely enjoy doing it. So if you if you enjoy the league outside of Roma and, and certainly if you enjoy betting, uh, definitely give us a listen.
3: Yeah, so we thank Nick and Moss again for coming on, and uh, thanks again for listening. We'll catch you guys next week.